I must have been off the grid today because I just saw this a few minutes ago. I was like, oh, crap. Well, mm-hmm. don't change it yet, Ant. I've been buying stuff under your name all night. Just making Too bids. Late, sir. Placing right, bids. Right. <laughs> Please. Every week, Wednesday night, right here, yet yeah, another techshow.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee, joined by this guy right here, Ant Pruitt. What's up, Ant? Mr. Lee, what's going on? This guy right here, Mike Rothman. How's it going, Mike? I am just peachy can dandy. Good to have you back. <laughs> Nick Carroll from uh, AOTA joining us. What's up, Nick? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, glad to be back, guys. Thank you. And also back from his trip around the world, Chris Miller from Spike Studio. What's up, Chris? Hola, Ashamika. Uh, what other words should I use? This is around the world. Well, hey, b- before we start off, tell Howdy. us what, what what have you been doing? What have you been up to? What have you been? Uh, you seen? What's the coolest thing you've seen since we've last seen you? The coolest thing I've seen, or that I like use daily. There's a difference. Both. I'm actually. I hate to say it. What I'm using daily is this new tablet that came from Acer. I hate to say it, but. I'm using this little Android tablet every day now. I don't know why. It's, like, comfortable and easy to use, and that's probably most my everyday thing that I've been using the most, uh, even more than the iPad. It's the new A30. does everything well, so I like it. Smaller size, compact. Uh, the most impressive thing I've seen, man, I hate Besides to say your Mac Pro. <laughs> uh, it's probably some of, them, some of them smart watches, buddy. Probably some of them smart watches. I'm still not there yet. Do I need to be louder, by the way, Matt? Do I need to be louder? Just a little. (laughs) Yeah, smartwatches, I I don't know. I'm curious what you like so much about that Acer tablet, besides the fact that it was free, or, like, what's the... No, actually, I get, you know, I get... Okay, most of my stuff is free. But the point is, is this one has been performing well, expandable slot. Uh, It's a standard Android tablet. There's no difference between them in terms of being Android, right? You're not getting anything extra on the Android. I think the point of it is is that it's just been performing well. Made work well. Uh, you were ringing me on Hangouts, but I didn't answer on here. Uh, I like how everything's labeled, including the little slot markers. I don't know if you'll see it on the camera here, but they even label like everything on there to tell you what everything's for. They just did a really nice job. It's nice. And it holds a battery really well. I haven't had any issues. You know, it's not every day I'm charging it. It's every you know couple days, so. That's mm-hmm. cool. And Acer, you know, if it's one of the Intel-based tablets, like the Baytrail or Atom or whatever, or is it uh, one of the other types of uh, chipsets? Actually, it's the updated. The A30 has the updated chip. Uh, mm-hmm. Top of my head, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was their new oh, one. It's basically almost the same as their 810 model with a new processor. Okay, cool. And Acer doesn't have any like theme UI stuff, right? That's just a vanilla Android. You said vanilla, vanilla Android. And I put my own little wallpaper in vanilla Android. It's yeah, it was great. Nice, right out of the box. So, what's the street price, Chris? Uh, under two hundred bucks, one hundred seventy. Isn't that amazing? Nice. Yeah. I know. Amazing. Do you 
on on AOTA, like we we followed the tablets for a really long time, and I just remember like when the Transformer Prime came out, and like that was the first one I was really excited about, and it was like almost six hundred dollars if you got the keyboard and all that stuff. You know, just the tablet was right under five, and now the price has come down so much, and obviously the speeds and and power have have gotten increased, and it's it's been interesting to watch. Like since we've just been doing these podcasts, kind of the evolution of it. It is. It is an Intel CPU, 1.6 gigahertz uh, Clover Trail, two cores, 16 gig of ROM, 16 gig of RAM, uh, 1024 by 768 with an expandable SD slot on the side. Uh, I'm actually looking at it live. There is an image on here that is Acer, but I haven't seen any bloatware from them. It came with some standard apps that I would have loaded, but they're not uncommon. Right. I will say that. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, let's be I'm, clear. It's it's a it's a media consumption machine. It's not a a production machine. Yeah, I would say that. I would definitely say it's consumption, and that's what I use it for. So yeah, yeah. you're right yeah. on, Mike. And playing games, you got to remember, it's got to be fast enough to play Half Life Two once the shield lets <laughs> off its just exclusivity. Don't use that stupid Stratus controller I just reviewed the other day. That thing's horrible. No good. <laughs> Thumbs down on the Stratus. I gave it a double thumb down. Nice. <laughs> And a middle finger. The Steel Series Stratus controller. It just, it's really nice. It's small. I got it sitting right over here. But it, it was just disappointing. And as he drinks his 65 gallon drum. <laughs> Sorry. We, you got one of them Slurpee straws you can use with that thing? I need something? one of those instead of carrying this jug around. <laughs> What are you drinking right. there, like Mountain Dew or Surge? What is in that? That is just good old H2O and then my milk. This might be the first podcast I have not had any whiskey or beer. That's you, why it's all you, quiet. You, Look how shy he when, is when he's not been drinking. What, what have you done with him, Pruitt? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all catching me literally just, just minutes after my workout, and I got to have some water and I got to have milk. Or I will totally pass out over here. Well, hey, while we're talking about hardware, did you guys see the article on the New York Times uh, personal tech blog? They're talking about Chromebooks and how basically the buyers in the world are ready for this kind of cloud-based experience. And we've kind of been talking about this, you know, again throughout the the episodes of the podcast. Uh, are you guys kind of on board? I'm I'm getting there. I don't have one yet, but like we said at the beginning of the show, it's. It's kind of getting time to replace the Hangout machine, and a Chromebook might be what I need. I don't know about you guys, but I could do it, but I don't want to do no $400 for one. I don't even want to do $350 for I'd one. I'd say under two. It's got to be right around two. Yeah. yeah, for what I do, I don't think it's worth much more than that, and yeah. they usually don't have the expensive CPUs in them to, to warrant that kind of money. So, Well, and anything... Think- Anything I've got one that I spent two hundred dollars on. You know, this is the Acer seven ten from you know year year about a year ago is when I bought it. And yeah. you know, I spent two hundred bucks on it. And for me, you know, I use it in a large part for media consumption. Uh, I do some typing, some web browsing on it. So you know, that's where a lot of the value is for it. But it, it's I wouldn't say it's on the same level, say like a Windows PC or a Mac PC. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for something that's inexpensive and it's in a laptop form with a keyboard. It's not bad, you know. It's not a bad investment, in my, in my opinion, for a little amount of money. So, well, and think of it any more than that, and you can. I mean, unless you're Chris Miller rocking the twenty five hundred dollar, you know, MacBook Pro, 
Like, you could almost get a full-fledged PC at that point if you spend an extra, like, 100 or two. So they have to... It's got to stay right at, like, right around 200, 250 for a high-end one, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is... Yeah, not the MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's just the Mac. Oh, my bad. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> the, tower of, the Tower of Steel. Right, I right. I think it's a serious yeah. competition for the, the Windows world, you know. The, the newer generation of what Nick has is the Acer... Uh, 720 Chromebook, and it's it's that that Molly is writing about in the New York Times. It it's you know it's a very functional, very slick, nice offering with most, not all, but most of what anybody's going to want to do on on a laptop these days. So whether you're in the classroom, you know, as a student, or whether you're <clears throat> out in the field somewhere, or in <clears throat> in an office setting, it can get a lot of work done for you, and at two hundred dollars, you know, I uh, Microsoft just released their new bigger model of the Surface computer, very sweet looking machine, but with I prices like that once you sort of fully, fully configure the thing are well over a thousand dollars. Sort of not a contest here. But their launch was beautiful. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they did they, a good job on the launch. High points for the launch. We'll give them that. If only I could take the launch and like run podcast software on it, I'd be. Uh, they say, according to the market research company MPD, up to twenty-five percent of all the low-cost laptops sold in the U.S. are Chromebooks. Uh, they've overtaken Apple's MacBooks for number two in laptop sales, and Google said they had been deployed in nearly ten thousand schools in the U.S. And that okay, definitely so boosted their their share, right? Like giving them to schools and, and yeah, flooding the market that way. Right. Because if you ever go out, do you really see a bunch of Chromebooks laying around or do you see MacBooks and Airs and some PCs laying them, you know? Laptops? Honestly, I see a lot of tablets out in the wild. I don't really yeah. see laptops unless it's a business type of uh, individual, like at the coffee shop, but most of the like just everyday people, it's all tablets. Out in the out in the wild, you're seeing what's been sold over the last two and three and four years, right. and that's mostly MacBooks and and PCs. But it, Google and Intel have announced that between now and back to school September, there are something like 20 new Chromebooks coming out uh, yeah. from Asus, Lenovo, Toshiba, Acer. You know that that's a hot market. So meantime, how many hot new P Windows PC laptops are coming out? Not many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's sort of saturated from the Windows side, you know. Yeah, and you're seeing some companies like Sony. You know, they're selling off their bio division. You're seeing the PC industry. You know, it's it's fiercely competitive, and they sort of reached this. They, you know, they've won the race to the bottom essentially, and now they're trying to figure out what to do after the race. So uh, you're seeing some companies not do as well. HP hasn't been doing so well as a PC manufacturer. You know, they're trying to diversify into other things. So uh, you know, these Chromebooks are actually a new bit of tech compared to the next generation of a Windows Ultrabook or the next, you know, Mac MacBook that comes out. So there's, there's some interest with Chrome and Chrome OS and the Chromebooks simply because they're new and different and they're relatively inexpensive and they can do a fair amount. And it used to be the argument against them a couple years ago would be, well, they're just a web browser. Well, now you can get almost anything online. There's Office you can get online. Uh, no doubt Skype is going to come at some point where you can actually use Skype on your Chromebook. And you're finding more and more functionality. You know, Chrome OS now has a, a UI that looks like a desktop now. And 
you know, so you're kind of seeing that plus with all these other companies trying to make more money making these Chromebooks because they're sort of at a dead end with the Windows based notebooks and ultrabooks. That's kind of why you're seeing more more presence from the Chromebook. Well, that's what I was going to ask is do you really think we're not seeing more of those out in the wild outside of schools is because you've got to have connectivity for them to be useful and you just don't always have that connectivity. So people aren't flocking to those in the general world because what am I going to do with the darn thing? They need more offline capabilities. So if they yeah, nail that, if they can become more of like an, an, not an ISP per se, but more of a force in that area and just start making them come with all that. So you don't, as a consumer of a Chromebook, you don't have to worry about it because it's all done through. It, right? They're what, trying not yeah. to bloat it. They don't want it heavy. They want it to be lightweight, cheap. Right, right. But you can well, throw a 3G antenna, an LTE antenna in it and not bloat it up. You know, I'm just saying as far as just service. making connectivity self-contained within it. Right. Who's going to provide the service for that, right? Well, that's so what I'm saying. Google needs – Kindle? Yeah, well, that's yeah. when the bloat comes. <laughs> WhisperNet. Well, no, like WhisperNet with Kindle. You get free service with the Kindles. You know, they, can they build that into a Chromebook? I'm sure they could, but it's going to increase that per price. Well, one thing they're trying to do to combat that is they're trying to build more offline apps to where – if you are disconnected, you can still save files locally, you know, view files locally, you know, work different apps locally. But ultimately, they, you know, Google is, of course, still trying to push the cloud. But one of the advantages you have, like with Chrome OS, it's like literally one sixtieth the amount of file space required for the operating system compared to like Windows. So that's why you can have a 16 gig, you know, SSD for a Chromebook and you still have, you know, 12, 12 gigs free, whereas you pretty much need a 64 gig Windows you know, notebook or SSD in your Windows notebook or PC or whatever at a minimum just to have the OS on there and just enough space for like recovery partition stuff. So there, there are strengths and weaknesses to like Chrome OS and the Chromebook and stuff like that. The real challenge for Google is going to be with the Chrome boxes because that, that side of the industry hasn't really had progress until I would say this last year. Like if the only Chrome boxes they had last year were like the, the Samsung Chrome box and it didn't really sell well. But now Acer and HP and these other uh, companies are trying to come out with their own Chrome box. It's like a dedicated PC, you know, but it's a Chrome PC. So we'll see how that goes as far as that getting more market share. But Chromebooks have had a lot more success than Chrome boxes. So. Didn't the OS just recently get an update, Nick? Yeah, they, they still do the updates every six to eight weeks. Um, I'm not sure everything that's in the, the recent update, but they're trying to make it more like a regular desktop PC, you know, you know, over, over time, basically. So, you know, Mike, you talked about that surface pro and the cost of it. It's, it's pretty damn expensive, but it's, it's bigger and it's got more capabilities than such as a Chromebook and a tablet and whatnot. Um, it's damn near like another laptop, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think it warrants that price. I, 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 I get that. I actually own a Surface Pro 2, <clears throat> and I absolutely love the device. It is a sweet device. It, it has all the power of a of a big, substantial uh, PC. You know, I'm the configuration I have is 256 gig uh, SSD and um, 8 gigabytes of memory. And you can just do anything on it, and yet you can slip the keyboard off, and it's a great little tablet. So I would love, you know, if I had twelve, thirteen hundred $1,300 burning a hole in my pocket, I'd love to buy one of those Surface Pro 3s. Yeah. 
you know, what's, know. one of the things they're doing with the Surface Pro 3 is they have a, they have three different models, the i3, the i5, and the i7, you know, core yep. i3, et cetera. Yep. And so today, as far as I understand, or whenever they go on sale, you'll, you can at least buy the i3 and the i5 version. But if you get the i3 version, it's in, towards the order of like 700 bucks for a Surface with an i3, probably four gigs of RAM, and I'm not sure what the SSD side is. But you can go on the low end of the Surface Pro 3. Yeah, okay. You can go on the low end of a Surface Pro uh, 3 and get an i3, and that's still more than enough computing power for a mobile device. So that's not too expensive. Yeah, they, they, they do have those lower price points. And, you, you know, there's, there's also this. The components are really primo components. The screen is great. The touch controls work beautifully. Right. You know, everything about it works really well. That's not going to be the case on a $200 Chromebook with a, with a cheap chintzy touchpad and a clickety-clackety keyboard and, you know, the, the, screen. The, the, the screen. The component quality makes a big difference. And I, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I love that quality build. On the other hand, I've got some serious negotiating to do within the household to, to spend eight, nine, hundred, a thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars, whereas I can sort of slip two hundred dollars under the rain under the radar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did anyone yes. here uh, relate? Yes, it yes. sounds like a married man. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I can see those things in the enterprise really, really soon. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just popped up on our doorsteps at our office for our um, field representatives and, and sales guys because it's, it's, they're light and, and can do everything they need to do that a laptop would, you know. It is all of that. It's, it's if you're... If your sales force or your executives haven't made the jump yet to the the high-end MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. you know, and been been bought into that ecosystem, this is this is the device that'll capture them. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't know that Microsoft is going to capture. It's going to recapture that MacBook Pro market, though. I think if you, if you if you make the move there, you're probably not going to move back to the surface. Well, that's an no. investment, right? And yeah. then and then yeah. going back the other way, that's also an equal, you know, not quite equal, but it's still anything over a grand, like that's pretty like you said. <laughs> that's pretty hefty. Uh, yeah, and once you're in the Apple ecosystem, it's pretty sticky. Right. You know, they <laughs> they they've they've got They've thought of lots of ways to lock you into their environment. I think I got out just in time because I did have the old school iPod and was using iTunes and everything. And then like Android came out and I was like, hmm, this looks interesting. And then, yeah, yeah never. That kind was of... my trajectory too. But right. we're, you know, we're, we're, um, we're geeks. We're lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you guys see this article on Recode about Google being the, the winner of this game. I didn't even know we were playing this game, but there's game apparently of all the uh, consumer cloud companies, right? Like who wants, who wants all your data, right? If you're like us, you probably have a little bit of data everywhere or the same data everywhere, right? Redundancy. 
Uh, but yeah, they're saying because of Drive, like this is it. Google's pretty much uh, won it here. Drive being only two years old, they say it has revolutionized the consumer and small business cloud beyond recognition. Would you would you agree with that, Aunt Pruitt? Beyond recognition, revolutionized it. Well, when uh, it came out two years ago, what was the competition for? Dropbox, Box, and all the other cloud services. Which were strictly had storage. Pretty good traction, you know. Sure, but they were strictly storage. When Drive came out, it was like your docs, it was sheets, it was everything. Now they're getting around to, and I finally actually just uh, yeah. updated the app to where I have Drive, and then I also have docs, and I didn't use sheets because I never used that on my phone. But you know, you had to get the the separate app if you were going to edit uh, documents. So now Drive mm-hmm. is just your storage and your viewer, which is kind of how it should have been from the get-go, right? When they named it Drive instead of Docs, uh, when that switch happened, it, it should have been the storage. But I, I get why they kept it all in there to kind of be like, but look at all these other features, you know? Well, I think yeah. they helped to drive the industry, and they sort of helped to make the cloud legit. Because I'll be honest, a couple I didn't give two bleeps about, about the cloud. I didn't put anything up there or store anything up there. Now, for the most part, if my computer were to go up in flames, I'm okay because I got a lot of my most important documents in the cloud and it's done automatically. Right. Now, if so the cloud were to go up in flames, I think people can see that. And if the yeah, cloud, unless the cloud, <laughs> right? It's a whole nother ballgame then. I'm still freaking out that that Google Drive has only been out for two years. To me, it seems like it's been out there forever. Yeah, it's like one of those things that you use every day if you do, you know, any kind of document stuff i guess i mean we've been using it since we've been doing shows and it's it's been like pretty much i'd say the 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 tool that i if i had to give up any of these tools we use like that would not be one because we use it so much we're so dependent on it yeah i i can't imagine operating an environment without cloud storage now right also right mm-hmm. yeah it's just the way i work it's interesting how it's... Company called uh, Proud now. It's the Pruitt Cloud. I just store everything at Ant's house on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> In his apartment store. Part of the reason he runs uh, space. Uh, I actually use... Uh, For a small uh, fee, my man. Uh, he doesn't know all his USB hard drives are now filled. No, I, I'm actually using multiple providers. Dropbox is very funny about the way they give you space and then take it away. Like, when I got the HTC phone, they gave... Uh, like. 15 or 20 gig free when you got the phone. Well, now yeah. they're like, oh, it's expiring. Well, you've been uploading your pictures and syncing in your camera, and now Dropbox is like, eh, it's expiring. Yeah. Box will get you a 50. Copy.com, I'm up to um, almost a half a half a terabyte, I believe, in space on Copy.com now. Wow. Uh, free space. Because uh, right, you've been oh. sharing it through other um, to other folks, right? Because you right. shared it on the folks, and they open the account, you get more space, right? Well, correct. So I've been rocking that. They start you with 15, but I'm almost up. I'm, you know, almost at half a terabyte. That's a great um, model, though, if you think about it. Like, you want to go tell people, or you need mm-hmm. to go tell. You may not want to, but you need to if you're running out of space. You gotta have more gigs. My link, just let me know, because uh, you get 15 gig to start for free, and I get a couple more gig per person. So right. Um, yeah. But I'm so I'm spreading mine out. What I've done. And a lot of people haven't thought about it, is I've actually now split between two services. One I use for basically personal stuff, photos and docs and personal stuff, and then the other one I use for people I share with. So I've actually isolated my own personal data. I don't intermingle in the same cloud service. That's smart. Not just for security, but for mental, oh, I won't accidentally share a folder or something I shouldn't. So I've actually split between two cloud services now, and it works really well. 
Because it's less damage if one service gets hacked. You don't lose all your data potentially. Right. Or, and if I want, yeah. I could mirror all everything to a third that I never use for anything but backup. So I could mirror to another one. I, I'm just looking here now at the latest prices. I can't, for some reason, oh, here, the, here it is. The, the price on Google Drive has really dropped. You can get oh, yeah. a terabyte of storage for $10 a month. Yeah, that's sick. It is sick. <laughs> I remember they released that. Was it about a month or so ago? They, they, yeah, they yeah. upgraded their prices. You know, it's nice for them to get all of these accolades and be all revolutionary and stuff. Why don't they fix their mobile app on the Android? Still we'll go a step further. You go a step further. Let's say something happens. There is with the, with Google, whereas paid with other ones, I think it's a little stronger. There is no good mechanism for you to call them for any type of restoration of your data. Whereas Dropbox has a good support mechanism built in, Google doesn't have that. They're you gotta send an email yeah. or hop on a Hangout, right? Can't you do that now? Right. You can just hop on a Hangout and be like, "Hey, fix this for me." And wait Actually, two days. Actually, with, with Google, they've got it set up so that your Python script will talk to their Python right, script. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and if Which you're lucky, a recursion won't happen, and you'll actually maybe get an answer. <laughs> what I don't much like about Google Drive is the is the web interface. Really? It, just, it yeah, doesn't bother me. It just me. strikes me as not quite all there. It does seem kind of crude, at least the yeah. web-based interface that I use. It's yeah. just a list of your crap. I mean, what do you very, want? Very like pictures? I mean, you can thumbnail view it. Elegance. Yeah, it's basic. It gets the job done. I, I'll give you that. I think it's getting better. I mean, we just uh, we can mention this now, I guess, that the Google Plus app for Android just got a big redesign uh, with the big red bar. And a lot of people complain about it. I know a lot of people always complain about any kind of change on a service that they don't own, I guess. You know, like, how dare you change your stuff for me that I use? But I don't know. It, I, I can see this change happening, you know, more, continuing to happen. And we'll see Drive get a redesign, I'm sure. Hell, look it's what coming. Skype did on Windows. They started running ads. Right? You yeah. got any free service. I don't like the way Hangouts did our intro. We don't have our music. I don't like the way that Skype now has giant advertisements on Windows on the top of it. It doesn't have it on Mac yet, but it's free. I'm, well, I'm and that was – the intro was more our choice so that we could get on YouTube on mobile because it was still Without on there, but if you have third-party stuff, they won't let it be on mobile. So to get that portion, we had some listeners that were like, hey, I can't Chromecast you to my TV from my phone or whatever because it's not allowed on mobile. So for that reason, I decided we would just stop doing it live. It's still in the podcast if you listen at yetanothertechshow.com. But if you're looking on YouTube, you won't get the intro. But everything else yeah. is the same. But yeah, I get it. It's such staff to do that. Do, do we have one? Do we have a Roku channel? No. I don't think so. Know. We're on Stitcher. Roku? Yeah, it's on Roku. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let's call up a developer and get that app done. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All, all my all my TVs now have Roku. I, you know, I'd love to have be able to stream. We're on them. Stitcher, and you can put Stitcher on Roku, can't you? That's just audio, right? I want the right, video. right. Oh, you want the this laggy video? <laughs> I want and then you know, hearing his voice moments. It is. It's like watching it in Chinese with subtitles or something. <laughs> I will I defeat not. your father. But I digress. Yeah, so the cloud thing, whatever. Yeah, people are using Google because it's there. Well, and everybody you know, uses Gmail, right? They're saying in the article that Gmail was kind of their gateway drug. They got everybody into this mo the most amazing email service and great spam and phishing and all this protection. 
And then they're like, oh, and hey, by the way, now you all have uh, Google Plus accounts. And right. also, oh, by yeah. the way, now you, you, need, to, you right. need to use those on your YouTube page now also, if you don't mind. And now you Please. got some tabs. They, we separate out stuff that's promotional for you now into tabs. I don't even see in. the promotional tab. I unchecked that, that box like when it first came out. You know, there's stuff in there that I like that I they consider promotional that I don't think is promotional. There's mm. a couple things. And See, if that's what I, I said can, before. Huh? That's what? what I said before. Some things in there worked out all right for me. And I could go in there at any point and just select all and get rid of it. So, I mean, it, I, I didn't uncheck it because I still want to see the stuff. I just ignore it more than anything. Well, yeah. I mean, you could do that to your inbox if you wanted to, but people are anal about that, you know? Well, I mean, back to the storage thing. Even Flickr gives you a terabyte now for free. I mean, what do you, you know? Space is cheap, right? The, the moral of the story is space has gotten way cheaper than when we used to buy 10 gigabyte drives for $300. You Can't you get a ridiculous, um, in a micro SD now, can't you get something like stupid large? 64, 128? 128, yeah. In your fingernail, you get 128 gig, and we're worried about, you know, where we're going to put stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. Then, of course, washing one of those doesn't go over very well, but either way. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, of course, to use all of this stuff in the cloud, you're going to need lots of bandwidth. Uh, Verizon, we talked a little bit about it, not uh, last week, the week before on AOTA, about the XLTE uh, going to be testing Verizon some new bigger bandwidth LTE, they say, uh, in some areas. Uh, now, article on CNET, they're going to be testing their mobile video at the Indy 500, I'd say that's a pretty good test bed. A few hundred people maybe go there and want to stream something. <laughs> so let me ask: this. They give you better bandwidth. Well, that's what, what they're supposed to be. XLTE will be a what? bigger throughput, supposedly. Well, I'm right with you. So bigger throughput, times. better bandwidth, better support, but no data cap raising. So oh, burn right. your data faster. Yeah. Pretty much right. That's what everything's That's moving to with higher definition streaming, more things being well, in the cloud. I think they want you to get to that data cap quicker. That's probably their plan. Those bastards. Cha-ching. Well, you know, you think about it. It's Yeah, you basically, you're going to run your caps out on all your mobile stuff even faster. And mainly people nowadays with that shared, what do they call it, framly and everything. Yeah. We just. But you know, Chris. I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I was just going to say an anecdote. We just went over that. Like, I have my unlimited, but Kelsey has a cap with the rest of our shared plan. And I get all the emails for the account. And it's like six days into the cycle, and she's at like over half of her data allowance already. And I'm oh, like, man, but I, it's wow. my fault because I showed her Google Play Music and I showed her all this stuff that now is just taking up bandwidth. And. She's Somebody's doing... been watching Netflix. That yeah. and the mobile exactly. dog training. So she's using her maps when she's out in, in town and everything. And all of that stuff adds up. You know, it's it's kind of ridiculous. Maps offline. She needs to get off that and put it offline. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to just do it when I'm in town. We're in 2014 and I'm still counting bits. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I remember when... Verizon wants it. Go for it. When 4G came around and everyone said the exact same thing, now you're just going to burn through your data faster. And I can't necessarily say that's the case. It's still based on what are you doing? Do you know you're streaming Pandora and Spotify and Google Music or whatever? Do you really have to do that right now? Turn it well, off. I would agree with that, Ann, except for one thing is that now video has become more of a platform than audio was then. Audio was the big thing, right? Streaming music. True. I get to stream now. It's YouTube and videos and, and yep. Vines and, and even yep. downloading podcasts, but even downloading the videos on Instagram and Vine are bigger than, yeah. you know, 
So you are eating more, but now imagine we can watch HD video like our show here over our phone and device because we have the better bandwidth. If you have the device, that has somebody to has to step in and fix the whole cap bandwidth thing. So at at some point, it's gonna get just completely out of control, and it it'll need to get fixed. So out of out of all of us here, right? What do we got? You know, how many we got? Five of us. How many of you have pretty much built yourself a Wi-Fi point-to-point, I call it a tunnel, where you can connect to numerous Wi-Fis as you go from house to work to lunch to job where you barely use data anymore. You're always on somebody's Wi-Fi. I have unlimited oh, yeah. still, so I, I don't have to. That's not the I point. can't do that because of my commute. you know. But again, once I hit the parking lot, boom, I'm off. I'm telling you, there's people on the way that are open Wi-Fi, and if you take your time, you could be jumping Wi-Fi to, all the way to work. How do you find the handoff? Does the handoff work about as smooth as a cell handoff? Uh, in some areas. Once you have well. them saved, right? You have to have them all saved with their passwords and all that crap. But once that, it it would probably work all right. It's just funny. You know, it's, we can. it's just Yeah, it's funny. But, I mean, it's amazing to see, even going through downtown, well, just when I'm walking around at lunch, how I can go through walking around most downtown because you frequent places and not really use the data there, and I'm jumping on and off people's Wi-Fis the whole way I walk through. But that's also now you got to put a little trust in those that nobody's sniffing packets and men in the middle SSL stripping you and getting all your banking credentials if you were to check a bank balance on somebody else's Wi-Fi. I never do that. Okay, so well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying in this. If you, if you want my Instagram, have at it. I could care less. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about I don't do banking on it unless I'm on my network or my work network. I never do banking. So, yeah, that's good for our people. Unless I'm on my works network or I'm at my home network, I never do banking stuff. Um, right. Make sure everything that you've done is, you know, SSL if you're using a browser. Most apps encrypt their own stuff transmission-wise. Some of them can be hacked. Like WhatsApp had a hack a long time ago, but most of them use some sort of encryption. If you're doing heavy security stuff like trading stocks as you walk around, that's your own dumb fault. You should use your own hotspot and connect directly out and not be on Wi-Fi. You're probably not worried about your data cap if you're doing stock trading. Unless, of course, you're not very good at it. Then who or knows? Penny stocks. Yeah, you might be Googling the nearest like 14th story window to jump out of. I don't know. Uh, this is kind of interesting. They say that they're talking about the uh, LTE multicast technology. It was first uh, demonstrated at CES uh, last year. Did we see that? We, we must have missed right over it. Like, oh, is that Verizon? Nope. <laughs> uh, it says the purpose of the multicast technology is to offer Verizon a way to distribute video to large numbers of people over the network. Multicast is a more efficient way to distribute video since the same video feed can be pushed out to multiple smartphones and tablets at the same time rather than streaming it for each device that requests it. Uh, they say in this way, it's more like broadcast TV, which transmits one feed to many devices rather than a one-to-one -one relationship of the traditional cell services. It's like RTP that used to be inside transmissions for like webcasts and stuff. It's a one stream out, um, not worried about incoming. Uh, broadcast only, it doesn't look for response acknowledgement packets. Is this care who's listening, it just sends it. Is this just That's obvious, cool. though? Like, shouldn't you have been doing That just seems like the obvious way that you should have been doing it. Like, why would you stream each individual thing? If if 10 people in this want the same thing, just, like, dupe it and be done. I don't know, maybe yeah, the technology to do that? Get you to get over your day with a cap. 
Well, either way, you're gouting data, right? Either right. way. I, I don't think that matters. But I don't think people before were actually watching enough of the same streams for them to be able to do uh, it, or even technology want to spend the time. So it, it makes sense for events like this, right, where there's going to be – and they're saying that at the Indy 500, they're going to have all of these cameras uh, that people can watch footage from inside the race cars, from along the track. Like the, oh, yeah. it's They're going all out with this, it sounds like. So that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. To, I'd love to see that down at World Cup. Yeah, well, and they say that Verizon's already started lining up other media partners for it, like, of course, the NFL, uh, the NFL Now. You familiar with that? Like Google Now, but it's NFL yep. Now. Okay. Yeah, they're trying to do big stuff in the stadiums now. They're trying to do multi-camera angled. Uh, why don't you walk in and you're on that network? You can do just about anything you want to do in terms of connecting up to see different aspects of the game at different angles and stuff. And, of course, for their test on Sunday, it only will work with enhanced Samsung Galaxy Note 3 smartphones and a few demo tablets that have embedded multicast chips and firmware. Oh. So, so, so get... none of you are going to be able to get it. <laughs> Everyone will be walking around like this. Right? <laughs> Watch me multicast. Right. Multi- and, you know, like, no, and picture this. No one will have headsets, so everyone's going to be like this. Is that Larry Press joining us 37 hey, minutes to be late. Thirty-seven minutes into the show? How you doing, Larry? Okay, man, it's better than 38. Sorry hey, about that. No, no. <laughs> better than 38. I'll agree with that. No worries, man. Just talking about the new uh, Verizon uh, mobile test they're going to do at the Indy 500. So. Oh, wow. Uh, let's, let's talk a little security. All you guys on eBay, have you changed your passwords? eBay is the next to get hit, having names, addresses, email address, phone numbers, birth dates, and, of course, encrypted passwords just bloop, plucked right out of their little database. I must have been off the grid today because I just saw this a few minutes ago. I was like, oh, crap. Well, mm-hmm. don't change it yet, Ant. I've been buying stuff under your name all night. Just making Too bids. Late, Placing right, bids. <laughs> Uh, they say that their financial info, like credit card numbers and other sensitive uh, data like PayPal accounts, of course, are kept in a separate encrypted database, which was oh, not compromised. Server. The other server, not right. the one they hit. It's in the, other, it's in the cloud. It's in our Google Drive. So you can expect yeah, hackers right. to dip back in and get that database uh, probably within the next couple weeks. I was really worried about this story uh, until I read the part about PayPal not being affected. Because I use eBay almost not at all. Yep. But I use PayPal pretty regularly. Well, crap. Now Same here. Look, don't I? Same here. <laughs> <laughs> now it's important news. Got it. Uh, it says, according to the statement from eBay, intruders compromise employees' accounts first and use their access to get the data they really wanted. They discovered the breach about two weeks ago, but the actual attack took place, uh, you know, back in late February. Yeah, so. I'm not a fan of these uh, late, you know, reports. Like it, same thing with Target. Like, didn't it? Didn't the event occur like a couple months before they actually announced it or something? That's how so, it always yeah. goes, though, right? Always trying to save face. Can we can we fix this without announcing it? And then when they get to the part <laughs> where they actually can't, then they're like, oh, and by the way. Your credit cards are all effed, so yeah. well, sorry. We lost two billion credit card accounts. Sorry yeah. about that. But here's a gift card. That you should probably have changed it because of Heartbleed, right? You should have already changed your password everywhere anyway. Right, right. If it was in February, I'm saying by now you should have changed it due to other things that have transpired at that oh, site. Right. Yeah. If you're yeah. 
But listen, since February, I should have changed my passwords three or four times. Yeah, it's just and true. how many people out there are actually using the same username and or password for like multiple things? So that's Most. that's also an issue. So well, I'll tell you, uh, my my girlfriend was in here when I was get I had this story up, and she's like, "Is that real? Is that legit?" I was like, "Uh, yeah. Why? Do you use eBay?" And she's like, "Yeah." I was like, do you have the same password everywhere? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, you better go change all of them. And then she asked, some practices. she asked, how do you remember it? What's the tool? What's the tool? It's LastPass, right? One password, LastPass. One pa- yeah, right. But I mean, yeah, I guess LastPass was the one I recommended, but yeah. So is this where I plug my social identity thing that I did at South By because it fits all this model right now? Is this where I plug this, Matt? Do it. Go ahead, man. Do it. Really? It's on YouTube. Go watch it. But it's about isolating your banking, finance, credit, and health separate from all the social crap. Not the content you share, but the actual identities behind the scenes you use. Security questions, passwords. It's a 20-minute thing of your life to go watch the damn video. So I suggest everybody go watch it. Nice. We'll throw a link to that in the show notes so people can find it. But that that sounds really legit. Like you have to – you can't be like all up on Twitter and Facebook – talking smack with the same password you're logging into your Wells Fargo or PayPal account with because eventually somebody's going to come along and figure that out. Mm-hmm. Not only the password, the identity stuff too. That's what we're talking about, you know? Like you just said, they got birth dates and all that other stuff. If you're using your real birth date on in these networks, you're dumb. But how do you know when your people's birthdays are? <laughs> uh, dude, when you wish me happy birthday every year, guess what? That's not my real birthday, but I'm so happy. <laughs> See, I that's what I'm him. saying. Now who's the a-hole? You, because you. 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 <laughs> you waited until Facebook said, it's his birthday before you, you know, you know. I'm it's so mine's naive. Fake. Mine's fake. Mine's real. So wish me happy birthday and also send me monies. Yeah, well, send me money twice if you know my real one and my fake one. Send it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how that works. Good job, Chris. <laughs> Now I'm going to question that every time Google tells me it's someone's birthday. I'm going to be like, is it really Google or are you lying to me? It's not, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. It's legit. It's, I'm happy with it. And if someone's a jerk on Facebook and they say something like, I know it's your real birthday, I delete their post. I do not <laughs> want my identity on the network. It's, it doesn't, there's no that's, reason that you have it on those networks. There's no reason. That's it very paranoid of you, but also legitimate, I'd say. No, Pretty it's it isolates your real life scenario. If you lost your Facebook account, oh, I'd be upset. Who cares? If I lost my bank account, I think I'd be a little more upset. So I isolate that data. But is getting your birthday going to allow someone to get into your Facebook account? Like, come oh, on. You got to yeah, be smarter than that. Reverse engineering. And reverse no, security. because also these big services have two factor. And I just noticed the other day, you don't have to use Facebook's stupid code generator. You can now add that to the Google account authenticator. I have yeah. my WordPress and my Facebook and, of course, my Google stuff now in one authenticator. It's uh, awesome. 90% of people don't have two-factor. The rest of them, well, if you get someone's cell phone, it's already logged into Facebook. I've already got your cell phone you use for two-factor. I'm using the same device to two-factor that I use to log into the network. If you have it's somebody's just, cell phone, then what's? why are you even bothering trying to hack anything else? You have their phone. If somebody gets their phone out of their possession, then it's over at that point. That's just like saying, well, I have your laptop. Like, well, okay. If you can get my hardware, it is game over at that point. If you break into my house. You won't have have my banking or health or or finance because I don't even check the email I use for those on that mobile device. 
I totally isolate that. I talk about that in the video. If I, I kick your door down and take your desktop, your $2,500 Mac Pro, and run out with it, I have all of it. So who cares? It mine, um, it's like it's like 007 stuff and get smart. It, this, this will <laughs> it will blow up if you touch it. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, Mike. I, the real Chris Miller. This is actually a clone. He has multiple clones of himself. It's a hologram? <laughs> yeah. Totally secure. The Chris Milligram? That's awesome. Uh, Mike, I had a question when Mike gets back. Larry, I have a question for you. China is banning Windows 8. Is this bad for Microsoft? Like, do they need all of those people, like, for their their numbers? Or what do you think about that? China is banning Windows 8? Yeah, banning they're going to forbid the use of Windows 8 in government computers to ensure wow. the security after the shutdown of XP. Uh... They are. They're all deploying, Larry. They're all deploying Windows ME. <laughs> SE. <laughs> Ninety-eight SE. Windows. That sounds. That sounds like a propaganda move. You, you think? Know, it's like, yeah, that's just to get headlines. Okay. And they think they think Microsoft's doing something inside the OS, and you know. It's well, I think the UK paid Microsoft for support, so I think this is the cheaper alternative. I think maybe. China's malware in the actual chips is conflicting with the Windows 8 malware in the software, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just not working. All right, so that's a non-story. Thank yeah. you. Uh, let's see. Oh, Google uh, <laughs> reportedly planning to offer some affordable Wi-Fi gear if you're a business. Are you guys down with this? Uh, what do they buy? That's cool. That's it. Small business. Uh, they say the equipment. That sort of be an open access point for people in your neighborhood. It, it says it's heavily subsidized Wi-Fi equipment for small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, the effort will reportedly be targeted at places where consumers are likely to visit frequently and want internet access, like restaurants and gyms. Uh, the equipment would be offered to the businesses at a substantial discount. So. Yeah, I guess, and then they give you ads. Is it? You know, the, the cable companies like Time Warner Cable, my beloved monopolist, uh, ISP, they, and also Comcast and others, they're really rolling out uh, Wi-Fi ac- open Wi-Fi access at uh, at their customer sites. And like I went over, there's a, a school about a block from where I live. I went over there. And there's just super fast Wi-Fi being beamed out. And if you're a Time Warner customer, you're free to use it. That's that's a, a phenomenon that's rolling out really fast. Yeah, I see that all over my area here, but I'm not a Time Warner customer. <coughs> you guys ever but played with Karma? You have to be a customer of Comcast or whoever it is, whoever is access mm-hmm. point you're sitting next to. But they, those guys are all rolling them out fast. And it sounds yeah, like everywhere here. What'd you say, Chris? Have we ever heard of what? You guys tried Karma before? Mm-mm. Tried what? Karma's the hotspot that you use, and you put it up, and if you connect to someone else's uh, Karma hotspot, it, it, ca- it makes you use your Facebook login, but you get free bandwidth from theirs, and then you they get back the bandwidth you use. Yeah. So it's sharing free bandwidth hotspots, but you, the person sharing it doesn't lose any data from it. They're given more data because they had good Karma. So it's the same yeah. idea. I think they're giving the small businesses a way to share share it, but they're going to generate revenue probably, like you said, ads or other stuff behind the scenes, right? I, I'm not There's sure why. Oh. Go ahead, Mike. I'm not sure why Google's getting into this business. I mean, aren't there any number of 
equipment manufacturers that provide this this equipment already that you can install. I'm thinking of the Linksys's and Cisco's and uh, uh, you, you know those those manufacturers. Yeah, but my guess is that I didn't read the Google thing, but it's probably like the Time Warner deal that they're really trying to um, give their, you know, they're just trying to get more open access points, more uh, out in the field. Out in the field, and so they're subsidizing that. It's not that I don't think I doubt if they're using their own equipment. They're probably just subsidizing the uh, somebody else's the operation. And Time Warner at least uh, asserts that. That bandwidth, like if I'm sitting out on the street, log on to your access point, that there's that I'm not taking away from your bandwidth, that, that we're not sharing a fixed amount of bandwidth. So they assert that it's a completely free deal to the uh, to the customer. Yeah, right. they'd have to have different net networks because if someone on the outside would have free and open access to your network, maybe be able to sniff packets and stuff like that. that well, it's going to be like... Also assert that it's totally separate and there's no way, to, no way on earth to possibly do that. But they've never met Matt. Well, I'm just thinking <laughs> it's like the new routers. Like ours has a G and then an N and then a separate guest network. And they're all independent of each other. I'm sure there's a way to do some sort of like our packet poisoning or something to get it to think you're on one when you're on the other. Because I don't think it's physical antennas, right? It's something in the software... Or maybe in the NAT that's causing it to say this is its own AP, this is its own AP, even though it's one physical, you know, piece of hardware. Yeah, you'd have to segment the VLANs, use different subnets, and do right. some other stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah I wonder what they're doing to say that there's they evidently increased the bandwidth then to uh, to do that. Well, and doesn't Comcast do that with all the Wi-Fi routers guess, it gives people? Yeah, there's like a public facing up your. Uh, your bandwidth rating uh, speed. You know, I wonder, this inspires me. I'll put it in the show notes or the, the after show notes. I'm going to walk over to the school. I wonder if they even know that that's happening hmm. or if it's just happening without them even knowing about it. It I'm was in the terms. Didn't you read the terms of service? It was in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Didn't you see the little print at the bottom? <laughs> what, what was the, there was a Spanish company that was years ago uh, doing the kind of thing Chris was saying, where they they give you a free router as long as you left it open. Mm. Um, does that ring a bell? I can dig up the name of it. It's a cool idea for sure. Uh, let's see, Larry. We're kind of we got like ten minutes left. Tell us all about this oh. Comcast stuff you threw in the in the dock since you were following this i guess three stuff yeah the deal with com the, i think the comcast thing i put <clears throat> excuse me i got like uh, congestion or something um comcast announced that they within the next five years will be uh have rolled out across their whole footprint usage-based billing uh you know data caps plus so much when you go over your cap or some form of usage-based billing I, I think they said data caps um and that's kind of okay, except there's no competition. So it, exactly. I mean, they, so they, they just, can set it at anything, they right? Anything they want, right? You know, and I think what's happening, if you look five years from now, you know, they're saying three or five hundred uh, gigabits is your cap per month, and they're saying hardly anybody uses that much, and it's true, most people don't. But five years from now, 
that's not going to seem like much because we're going to all be doing IPTV in five years, and it's going to be higher resolution IPTV. So they're Sorry, just going to—they're going to have us basically. Yeah, we talked it's, about it's that. Coming. The, it's coming. Yeah, we talked about that at the beginning of the show, how everything is moving more and more into the cloud and Netflix and everything is getting higher and higher resolution. And the data caps are the only thing not following this trend. You know, it's it's not growing with the usage because, of yeah. course, it's money, money, money. It's that money yeah. face. And so is the FCC, though, is going to step in and save us, right? Yeah, right. Didn't they get all that solved? We're good, right? Net, Our packets are neutral. Everyone sees this. We're good. You know, if, I think what Comcast is doing, they're sitting there saying, whoa, we make a lot of money off of TV, and that's going to all go away, and it's going to all go to the Internet. So we have to, to keep our revenue uh, up. Yeah, we, have to, yeah, we have to raise our Internet prices, you know. Um, that's, that's business 101, right? I guess. Supply and demand, right? And I guess, something like that. You create the supply, is. though. And it's Usage-based pricing, I think, would be cool. If there were competition, like that thing I told you guys, I think before my son in Korea, he's got right. like three major and several minor internet service providers. He can just switch from one to the other. Um, so the price is dirt cheap, you know? Yeah. And they fight over this, the customers and stuff, of course. Yeah. Well, and hopefully one day it'll be like that. where like the basic connectivity is all this, this price. And if you want, extra special services based on your needs, then cool. But everybody gets this much at this cost, and that's how it is. One day, I should run for FCC chair. There you go. Nice. I'm sure the mustache will help. It will. It's coming back in nicely. I threw a little Rogaine on there, a little miracle Grow. I'm expecting greatness. (laughs) I'm expecting greatness. Uh, uh, let's see. Anything else before we get out here? Did you guys see the shrug just on every social network in the world? Can I, here, let me show you if you're unfamiliar with the shrug. Uh, here it is. Oh yeah. I have not seen that. That is the smug shrug. Also known as the shruggy. And it's pretty much taken over the internet. So there, there's that. So I'm going to have to figure out a new keystroke. So. Right? <laughs> I love it, though. It's all like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hey guys, great. Just before we go, remember we had talked last week about uh, internet usage. If you want to click on my name, you'll see that uh, I've got a screen share going. Nice. So according to this, I, I hunted down in my Comcast menu what my uh, limit is, my uh, – or Comcast is my internet service provider for those, uh, you know, watching the podcast. And so basically uh, my limit is supposed to be 250 gigs per month, but it says that limit is suspended. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Apparently there is no limit right now, but I'm using, this is how much my usage is wow. uh, every month. So it's about a gig uh, or a terabyte basically last month. And I'm working on, I guess, a terabyte for, oh no, anyways, this is the last two months. So I just want to point that out. Like, We'd mentioned last episode we didn't know exactly where the stuff was. It took me a while I found mine, so I'm using, you know, 500 to a terabyte, 500 gigs to a terabyte. Were you on vacation in February or something? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he was not home. I, I did the same thing after our talk, and yeah. mine was way less than that. But there are only two people in our house. Yeah, I have eight. So and, and all watching Netflix and YouTube. But the and thing that struck me, I had about four months data, and it varied like hell. I have no yeah. idea why. 
I, I also anything on mine. I looked, and um, the next thing that I could do was look onto the router itself, and um, even that didn't have much of a nice uh, breakdown like what you have here, Nick. I ended yeah, up going. Go into details. Go on. Uh, I ended up finding it in my Netgear. It wasn't turned on, so I turned it on after the show. So here's what it's kind of showing. Uh, just since it's been running, which was like a couple weeks, I think. But kind of see cool. the averages traffic here in uh, megabytes and everything. So I use a bit. Use a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, Time Warner gives it to you day by day, too, like this. Oh, yeah, this isn't from my ISP. This is just from Netgear, which is from your, yeah. apparently there's a Netgear router firmware upgrade available. Hmm. <laughs> Please don't kick that right now. Right don't. now, should we try it right now? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and that'll be it for the show as the router reboots and drops the whole damn network. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Hey. I actually got logged in to my page. I didn't know I even knew my own password. How do I how do I find this? It was admin admin. <laughs> <laughs> so or admin <laughs> password. <laughs> try either of those. Oh, I've got a. You know what? They give you a cloud drive, a charter. Did you? Go, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would gladly put all of my uh, information on my ISP's cloud. I mean, sure. Yeah. You're charter. Hostage. I'm charter now too. We had Bresnan, and then Optimum bought Bresnan, and then Charter brought bought uh, Optimum, and now we're Charter. Are they good? They were fine when they were here in this area. Nice. How do I find out what I'm using? I don't even see where to... Traffic meter. And while Chris figures that out, I think we're going to end the show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, another texture.com. We're on Stitcher. Uh, we're on iTunes. If you find us on there, happen to have a sec, give us a review. We appreciate that, as always. Uh, Chris Miller, spikedstudios.com, traveling around the world in the search for perfect Just technology. find me as I do notes on everything. Or that. <laughs> But but also Spike Studio. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying to make uh, life easy. Aunt Pruitt, but you will find his real birthday. And find yeah, right. If you can find his real birthday, he will give you a free Chromebook. <laughs> Aunt, Aunt Pruitt, Mister Point and Shoot Smartphone Photographers Community on Ooh. Google Plus. You guys got to hang out tomorrow. What was the contest this week? This week's contest was uh, shooting silhouettes. So going to have some spooky shots out there and you're going to have some nice peaceful shots out there. It's pretty good stuff. Nice. Always always a cool uh, sight. The pictures there are just fantastic. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Larry Press has a blog. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at yetanothertechshow.com. Uh, Mike Rothman, you got any articles coming up you want to mention? Uh, just follow me uh, at uh, That Works For Me. Good deal. And you'll find all my stuff. Right on. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yet another tech show.
Dot com.